0: All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players broadcast. We're coming at you early this week, episode 132. It's a special one for you. We got legendary coach Jim Herrick invited us to his house. We got to talk about his national championship team with UCLA, and he's going to share some more amazing stories. You guys are not going to want to miss this one. Drew, All right, you're now tuned in to the Follow Through with Clips and Drew, The True Players Broadcast, episode 132, and we have a special one today. We have been welcomed into the home of legendary coach, our friend coach Jim Herrick. Jim, thank you so much for being with us today and letting us in your home. Well, it was my pleasure. We have so many questions we want to ask you. Um, I kind of want to start from the beginning though, if that's possible. I'd love to know, you know, your upbringing, how basketball found you and like basically uh, what made you want to be a coach?
1: Well, I was born and raised in Charleston, West Virginia, and schooled. Uh, spent my first 22 years there. Uh, played basketball at the YMCA in the fourth grade and made a basket, and it was all a- over after, <laughs> after this. I uh, caught the disease. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we all got it. Uh, every coach you talk to has it, and it is a disease. You can't ever get rid of it. Uh, it's, it's an unbelievable thing. Went on and played in high school uh and i uh, played a little bit in college i went to university of charleston in charleston west virginia a division two school wasn't a very good player uh huh. but played and then i uh, graduated and got married that summer and my wife and i got in a car and drove to los angeles oh wow i've been in town 60 years wow. Beautiful. and uh it was just uh, you know kind of you know, you think uh, you think it's a coincidence everything happened, but There are no coincidences in life. You know, I think the Lord guides you and directs you the way you want to go if you live the right kind of life. And uh, my cousin came back and visited me. He was a senior at El Segundo High School and came back uh, when he graduated and visited with me. He said, "Oh, you got to come. You got to come to California." <laughs> he told me about Manhattan Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went down to Manhattan Beach a few times, you know. And I told my wife, I said, "Boy, if I'd have come out here without you, I might have <laughs> never called for it." <laughs> but uh, we had a we had a uh, had a great time. I started teaching junior high school, and uh, because I got out here and found out you needed five years, uh, a fifth year before you could teach high school, wow. so I went to UCLA Extension and got my. Uh, Got my, uh, worked on my teaching credential, got a junior high school job at Hawthorne Intermediate School in Hawthorne. And I was working there and a bunch of us said, let's go get our masters. So we went to SC and got our masters. And uh, I was kind of working on both at the same time. Got my, got my credential. I was playing industrial league basketball, you know, wow. every five nights a week, you know, and, awesome. and I ran into a guy named Lee Smelser. He was playing a very good player. He was a head coach at Morningside High School. We just kind of bonded and... Over and, basketball? This is in, Yeah, in, I'm playing industrial mm-hmm. league and he's the coach and he said, hey, I want to hire you. And, so uh, he hired me. I was a JV basketball coach and JV baseball coach at Morningside High School in 1964. And uh spent five years as a JV coach, and I well, spent three years as a JV baseball coach, and then became the head baseball coach the last two oh, wow. years. And then my sixth year to school. I became the head basketball. Lee Smelser got the job at College of the Canyons. COC. And uh, i would never forget the principal. You know, we had just gotten a new principal. Well, I had the job easy. I mean, it was unbelievable. The old principal was just a great, great friend of mine. But he retired. We got a new guy, you know, and he would never give me a commitment. And hmm. One day, I was just walking into the teacher's lunchroom, and he was walking out, and he poked me in the chest and said, hey, you're the new basketball coach. <laughs> just walked on. And wow. I had a, just an absolutely marvelous run. My as a JV, my first JV team, my center was uh, Stan Love, Kevin Love's dad. Oh wow, interesting! That's one of and, his favorite players, and, right? And Kevin uh, Love, yeah, love, yeah. love
2: Kevin Love.
1: And uh, he played for me half a year, and then we called him up to the varsity, which was sure. You know, I was assistant on the varsity, so we were we were all great. And Lee Spelzer today is one of my best friends in life, and and. uh Uh, because of Kevin Love, Stan Love, I'm in college, I I got to college, I'll tell you that, but I went on and I was a head basketball coach at Morningside. We had another kid named Billy Ingram. He was was Pastor Billy of the Maranatha Community Church on Martin Luther King Boulevard, and a tremendous player. And uh, Stan Love went to Oregon, Recruited by Frank Arnold, the ex BYU basketball mm-hmm. coach, and then Frank recruited Billy Ingram to Oregon, and uh, we went uh, we went I think 103 and 16 and four wow. years at wow. Morningside, oh, and, and we won 45 straight games. We Whoa. did not win a CIF championship that we got here. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Who was beating you guys then? Well, we got beat by. Verbum Day and Raymond Lewis one. Oh, you? I was gonna bring him up. People. That's the <laughs> name that
2: we always hear. Anytime we're talking My you know,
1: uh, LA. <laughs> my first year at Morningside, I was a head coach. And the year before I'd watch, you know, it had four A, three A, two A and one A. And uh, you know, two A you kinda laughed at them 'em, you know little school, you know. And <laughs> and uh so the first summer league, my first summer, I get the job and we're in summer league. We'll go to Gardena High School playing Bourbon Day in the Summer league. They're 2A champions. Oh, okay. You know, I sit down, go out there and I sit down. I start turning my head and I say, wow, <laughs> who's that? <laughs> Who is that guy? And he's one of the greatest, five greatest high school players I've ever seen play.
0: Coach, you know, we bring up on on our show a lot his name – comes up a lot. when a lot we talk of about,
2: guests bring up Raymond Lewis. I, I've mentioned
0: to you before, Leon Wood's one of my best friends, and he'll be the first one to tell you that Raymond Lewis was the best player that he ever saw play. And probably
1: played against. Right. And uh, you know, I got all kinds of Raymond Lewis stories, but uh, that's for another day. I heard
0: he used to like just walk into the gym and put on his shoes and then score for Well, you
1: know, it's funny. I had a kid named Gary Dean who went to Pacific, and he's starting at Pacific. And so I go to the Pacific-Cal State-LA game. And uh, they're warming up, and there's no Raymond Lewis. They're warming up. The buzzer sounds. They come out to talk to the coaches. They go out to jump ball, and I, 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 I couldn't believe the guy could do this. He was hopping on one leg while he was tying his shoe <laughs> on the other. He walked right out of the tunnel, or the, and walked right out. Didn't say hello to the coach play. Just walked right out. <laughs> tap this guy. You're out. I'm in. <laughs> And laid forty-five on oh, him. Oh my! Unbelievable! So wow. I go back and tell my team. I say, "Hey, you guys want to stretch and do all this, guys?" <laughs> Raymond Lowe. I told him that story about Raymond Lowe. He never stretched or took a shot or warmed up. was ready to go. He, yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He was a, a fabulous six-two basketball player. Uh, you hoped and prayed he had a little guidance, but never did, and. uh it's a shame. Yeah. It's
0: a shame. There's a there's a lot of story. There's no the thing part of our show that we like to do is talk about the players that don't get talked about enough. So we bring up a lot of these guys and there's no footage, there's no YouTube on Raymond Lewis, just really great stories from people like you.
1: I got a little documentary on him though. Oh you do? Yeah, uh huh. Just oh. a little one. Oh, okay. I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you right now. I would probably. love to see that Raymond Lewis uh, got drafted in the second round by the Philadelphia 76ers, and Doug Collins was a first-round draft choice. They just went to 72. They threw the long—they scored and beat Russia, and then Russia got the replay and threw the long pass, and um, the United States got beat by the Russians, and— Doug uh, Collins comes back, he signs a $400,000 contract, and Raymond Lewis got 50000 as a second round draft choice. So they go to practice, they start to practice, and they're going for a week, you know, and then they scrimmage it last week. And so Collins watches Raymond, Raymond watches Collins, and Collins laid 25 on him. Oh,
2: Doug. Look at Doug. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people, especially. Uh, the younger generation don't remember Doug as a player. He was one hell, I mean, he was the number one draft pick yeah. that, that year that he was drafted.
1: But Raymond Lewis laid 50 on him. <laughs> hey,
0: so. there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: and went in to want to renegotiate his contract, and that's something you never did. And sure. he never played an NBA game. Wow. But he came back here, and we had a great summer league at Cal State LA. One of the, I mean, all the players played in it. He led it in scoring 10 years in a row. Wow.
0: Ten oh, years was, in Summer League. Yeah, oh, he was wow.
1: just fabulous. Fantastic. Fabulous player, but uh It's
2: amazing that that name came up again. I mean, I don't I can't remember how many times it's,
1: it's Well, we brought it up with Shay Cotton was yep. on
0: our show. He brought up Raymond Lewis, Liam. None of those guys.
1: No Raymond like I know him. <laughs> right. No. For i true. played again. Here's a story. Morningside and Bourbon Day were the 1-2 and Long Beach Poly were one through three best teams in Southern California. And they were And uh, I became great friends with George McCorn, the Burbank Day coach. And uh, we played every summer in the Cal... You know, in 1960, I started in 64. In 65, they had to watch riots. Mm -hmm. And so from that, we started the L.A. Junior Chamber of Commerce, and a guy named Rick Moose, who was the president, and the part owner of the Lobster Restaurant in Santa Monica now... Uh, he was the president of L.A. Junior Chamber of Commerce, and they started what we called the Watts Summer Games, which later, as you guys would know, is the L.A. Games. Mm-hmm. And I helped him start the basketball portion of that. And uh, we Morningside played in it. We we were in the finals. I was a head coach four years. We were in the finals three times. Wow. And we won it three times out of four. And we played Raymond Lewis and Bourbon Day every year in that. Sure. Uh, but I later, as I was coaching in college, found this out that I'd practice my basketball team. Now, we were really good. I mean, we were, we won 45 straight games
2: yeah. in high school. Right. That's not a mistake.
1: So we were playing and we never, we didn't have them on the schedule during the season, but we played them and we, you know, we're practicing. I practice my team and I get my car and go home. Well, we had started, Lee Smelser and I started opening a gym on Tuesday and Thursday night. So, we wanted to get more people and the kids in the gym so we could see who could play and sure. let them develop, and keep them off the street. It was a great thing. Recreation department took it over. Well, every Tuesday and Thursday night during the season, I'd go home and later found out that Virgum Day would come over. My guys would come back from practice. They'd kick everybody off the floor and scrimmage.
2: <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah. Wow.
1: Now, I remember we scrimmaged them one time, just a scrimmage game in early fall. And uh, I had to close the doors. Mm -hmm. Had to lock the doors at morningside. There were were too many people. Too many people standing, only for an exhibition. (laughs) Wow, unbelievable! And uh, well, we had some games. It was really, it was really good. Really good stuff. That's fantastic.
0: How do you go from morningside, and then you got a. You got a college coaching job, right? You went to Utah? Utah State. I'll tell
1: you the story. Uh, Frank Arnold recruited uh, Stan Love. Then he recruited Billy Ingram. And uh, his head coach, Steve Belko, retired, and he did not get the job. And it devastated him. But 10 days later, John Wooden hired him. Right Uh in the heyday of John Wooden. And uh, so there were no cell phones or emails or things. So you really didn't know guys and others, you know. But Frank Arnold comes to town, he knows me. Right, right. Because he recruited two guys from Morningside High School. So I was kind of his guy, and he relied on me to help him, you know, a lot of things. But he helped me, too. And he told me one time, because we were really, he'd come watch us play, and he said, boy, you guys are doing some jump switch and doing some things that I really like. He said, he said, hey, I'm going to get a job. He said, I want you to be my assistant. I said, okay, I'll yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the interim, uh, Utah State, he applied for the Utah State job, and he didn't get it, but he, called, he knew the guy and called him and congratulated him and said, what are you looking for? And he says, I'm looking for somebody in Southern California. And I was a director of the John Wooden basketball camp. So I was the first director of the John Wooden basketball camp. <laughs> I was in with Wooden. And, and so Frank Arnold recommended me, and Coach Wooden recommended me, and I got the job at Utah State. Left Morningside and went up to Utah State for four years and had four great, great years. Great city, great town, great university. At a sparkling time. and and uh, But all the time that... Frank Arnold was in the office talking about me, Uh, there was another assistant there. He was a botany botany major named Gary Cunningham, wore glasses, and he'd sit there and never say a word, you know, but he's always listening. (laughs) And he ends up being, after Coach Wooden retired in 75, Frank Arnold became the head coach at BYU. And... I didn't wanna I'd just been at Utah State two years, so I didn't want to go down there and mm-hmm. so I stayed and, and I got offered a Stanford job the next year and I didn't wanna go there either and and so I stayed at Utah State and then the next year Gary Cunningham becomes the head coach and he's sitting there listening to all the things. But of course I knew him. he went to Inglewood High School. Oh sure and Inglewood Morningside yeah, right, right next now. To so we had a little relationship there. All the time, you know, I'd go to games, go to practices, and they'd come out to camp, and so I'd see Gary a lot. And So he ended up hiring me, and that was kind of the crossroads and break of my career right. to go from Utah State to UCLA. And I was there two years, and Gary retired, but he got me. He got me. He got me. <laughs> Gary Cunningham got me the Pepperdine job. Wow. And uh, you know, a lot of keep all of my friends said, Hey, wait, you know, Denny Crum went to Louisville, got a big time job and I said, Hey, my three sons were born in Los Angeles. Somebody wants to make me a head coach and I yeah. wanna be here in LA yeah. so I, I stayed and and uh I was you know, guys that was, I was playing industrial league basketball as a J.V. coach, when I first came out here in the 60s, 61, 62. I'm playing YMCA basketball, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, all the officials got to know them. But sure. well, when I get to high school, they've moved up. They're right. in high school. Oh. Well, I moved to Pepperdine. They're calling Pepperdine oh. games. I moved to UCLA. They're calling the UCLA games. <laughs> nice so I kind have. of grew up with all the all the officials. Uh I'm a member of the Southern California High School Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah. So I know all the basketball coaches in Southern California. And you know, I was just spent and I had a real band, I knew all the AAU coaches, all the high school coaches. Right. I didn't even knew the officials. I had been at UCLA for two years as an assistant. I spent nine glorious years at the best job I probably ever had was in Pepperdine, and mm-hmm. you're in Malibu every single. Oh, well, it's day beautiful, It's gorgeous. just fantastic, yeah. <laughs> and and it's more than that. It's the people, the people, mm. the people at Pepperdine are the best, and uh, they treated you. And you know, I always told people, they even liked me, <laughs> they even liked mm. me for a while. They liked me, and, and not very often that happens. And sure. and uh, and uh, I had a great nine great great years there. Nine great years there, and. And I got the UCLA job, and
0: that's a game changer. That's really yeah. a game changer.
1: We went on, and we went to eight straight. I was there eight years. We went to eight straight tournaments. Uh, right.
0: one ninety two and sixty two. That's your. That was your. That was your record. One ninety two and sixty two. Seventy six percent winning yeah. percentage. You went to the tournament every single year. Um, I have a question first before we fold full, fully dive into UCLA. Okay. You had mentioned John Wooden. Um, obviously, the, the, the guru of coaching, the most respected coach probably ever in any sport, John Wooden, maybe. Uh, do you recall any conversation you ever had with him that like sticks out in your mind that, um, that you remember that's something that he taught you that you, that you implement in your life today?
1: You don't have enough podcast <laughs> I'll <bet>. time for <laughs> I'll that question. I'll but, uh, I was, uh, I became the head basketball coach and I used to, Tell you what, Lee Smeltzer and I, uh, practice started October 15th for colleges, mm-hmm. but November 1st for high schools. So we would take our team uh, to, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'd get in a car or a bus or whatever we got, and we'd go to UCLA, we'd go to SC, we'd go to Long Beach and watch TARC practice, and uh, we'd go watch people practice. But we always ended up at UCLA more than any place. Mm-hmm. We'd sit upstairs and coaches come by, guys, you mm-hmm. know. I get the head coaching job my fifth game as a head basketball coach. We're at Notre Dame High School, and they got a guy right. named Hank Babcock, and I got a guy named Billy Ingram, so they're both really high-profile guys. Right. So I go out, and the kids go out on the floor, and I go to sit down, and I look around, and four rows behind me is John Wooden, wow. who just won his seventh <laughs> national championship, <laughs> and he's watching me coach my fifth high school head coaching wow, job game. Wow but uh you know he came down and after the game and and uh never one time after that did he not call me by my first name and know me and and i'd go to practice jim how you doing you know it was just unbelievable and that summer i became the first uh uh director of the john wooden basketball camps we had him out at cal lutheran and uh We'd have a long, long, long table, and we had a bunch of coaches, but coach would sit there and I'd sit right across from him. that's my seat. Nobody can sit in that seat. <laughs> it's like that's sitting right. in the
0: front row of a classroom. Yeah, like, yeah, let the teacher row. see you.
1: Well, we all got a master's degree in coaching. Oh, oh I'm sure all they could do was ask I said, just ask him any questions. questions right and I'd have to blow the whistle to end it. so we had to go back to camp <laughs> time is up because he was just he was so engaging mm. and just absolutely just fabulous. And Coach Wooden and I are great, great friends, other than other than basketball. Yeah. I remember my wife and I, uh, his wife got sick in 84, and she was in intensive care for almost 100 days. Oof. And I know twice we went to the hospital and sat with him. And one night we were at the hospital, and I think we were there two hours, and there were not not any words said after hello. We just sat there. Uh-huh. But he never forgot that it was unbelievable. So we beat Connecticut in the elite eight game in Oakland on a Saturday afternoon, going to the final four, '95. Huh. Yeah. So we come back. It's, we come back to LA that evening. I get in my car and I drive out to White Oak and Encino. His condo. Press the button. G- it's Jim, Coach. Come on up. Like, well, he, he has to unlock the gate or something. I sure. take the elevator up, go up and knock on the door, and he opens the door. Or he was standing in the doorway when I got there. And the first thing he said was, No, I'm not going. <laughs> He didn't want to I didn't go. Didn't say congratulations. <laughs> didn't say I'm happy for you. You're going to the final. One. He says, "No, I'm not." I said, "Coach, you got to go." <laughs> so I went over there Sunday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night. <laughs> I went every night. It's like I said recruiting. coach, you got to go. Yeah. But, well, I'll tell you the reason I said that is because he had always gone to he he and his wife had gone to 35 straight NCAA tournaments together, mm-hmm. and she died in '84, and he wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling coaches that coaches, our coaches need you at their convention. The NCAA convention is at the time of the Final Four. The National Association of Basketball Coaches Convention is the same time as the Final Four. So I said, our coaches, our young coaches need you. They want to talk to you. They want to ask you questions. You need to go. This was all through 84 to 95. You wouldn't go. But then 95 was Uh, a bit different. Yeah. Well, luckily, uh, Arthur Anderson offered him a speaking engagement and a private plane. Oh, perfect! So there you go. He got to go to Seattle, and it was one of the great thrills of my life. Him coming to our basketball—amazing! It was absolutely unbelievable.
2: Well, I'm sure he would have regretted not coming. You know, I, I'm, well, I'm sure he was very happy that he made the decision pre- to come. His
1: presence was right. absolutely spectacular to me. Sure. And I got everything on tape and kind of a highlight thing and. It's just just to see him walking in there. and I mean, it gives me cold chills right, and, and, sure. and a lot of people because he, yeah. was, he was a guru. I got story after story. <laughs> I know you do. I, w- I wish
0: we had a four-hour podcast.
2: <laughs> we have, might have to come back for some more.
0: You know, that 95 squad, we got to talk about it. We have to talk about that run that you guys had. Uh, I mean, this is my childhood. This is like I'm falling in love with basketball, and obviously UCLA is just – the pinnacle ed charles toby cameron um what was it like first of all getting that team together and um what made them so special
1: well first of all last about a month ago was our 25th anniversary and we had toby bailey put together a zoom call oh perfect george Zedik was in the czech republic Wow. J.R. Henderson was in Japan. Uh-huh. Ike Nwankwo was in Thailand. Wow. And what a we call. all got amazing. on amazing. Bob Myers was on the call. The general manager oh, yeah. of Golden State Warriors Absolutely. was on, our, on that team. Was he really? Yeah, he was. I yeah, did not know that. Team. So uh, <laughs> I don't think he played too much, did he? We, well, he was good. He was on <laughs> Tough he, competition. He, I'll tell you what. He, he came as a walk-on and right. earn, earned a scholarship. Yep. He was that good. Yeah, he was good. You don't get, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guys. Very often to be walk-ons. He was tough and nasty, you know. Sure. One time I put him in the game. One time I got so mad at my team against Oregon State. I put five new guys in. And he was kind of the leader of that group, you know. And they went from, you know, down five to up ten. Hey. And so I always like to play my starters the last couple minutes of the half and sure. keep them warm for the start, so I took him out and I got booed, <laughs> got booed, Bob got 17 in that game, hey. I, I never forget that, no, no, he was pretty good, Coach. Oh, no, definitely, well I tell you, we had uh, one, first hour, everybody told what they were doing about their kids and families, and the second hour, they just started in on each other, <laughs> ragging each other and telling stories, and oh, man. Bob Myers was like a kid in the can, it was like he was back in college, I'm sure, because this pressure on him, you know, is, he never has fun, Right. I don't care how much or he never has fun. He had more fun that <laughs> night and he said he said I had more fun tonight than I've had in five years. And uh it was it was it was just absolutely uh, uh, wonderful. It was one of the highlight nights of my life. Really? It's really special. Really it's special.
2: It's amazing. It doesn't seem like twenty five years. That uh. team, you know,
1: uh Ed O'Bannon tore his knee up and he was a mm-hmm. fifth year senior, so we had George, Tyus, and Ed were seniors. Mm-hmm uh cameron and uh cameron dollar and charles were sophomores and toby and J.R. henderson were freshmen so we had a great blend of of uh, experience uh a great work ethic great leadership and and ed first mm-hmm. and tyus and george uh, but we had a great length. Too. Yeah. When I took George out and put JR at six nine and Ed at six nine and Charles at six six and Toby at six six, we could cover from sideline yeah. yeah. to sideline. That was a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. Great defensive. Charles O'Bannon, his goal was to block a three every game and he did almost Amazing. every game, you know. That's interesting. So One of the so hardest it, things to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it kinda our you know, we, I take great, great pride in my half-court offense from top of the key of the baseline. Mm-hmm. And I go back and watch tapes of those games. We very rarely ran it. Really? We were a defensive, rebound, run go, right. basketball team. Mm-hmm. We had Tyus Edney in the middle. So fast. So you got him the ball, <laughs> and it was a track meet who could get in the lane because they knew if they got in the lane, they'd get a bucket. Right. So, right. I mean, I, I sometimes guys elbowing each other. Get out. I'm, it's I'm, to, I'm taking and, the lane. And uh, so we were really a great running basketball team. And I, I'll tell you something. John Wood was my teacher, my mentor, my advisor. I started in 1964 taking notes of his practices and every drill, and and I started running the offense at Morningside High School and I remember people coming up to me and says, Gosh, I do know how you get these guys to play that way, you know, and and uh we were really we were really good and, and uh but then when I got to UCLA under Gary Cunningham I just moved up a notch and really learned how to teach what I call the John Wooden system of basketball. Not the only way to play, just the best. Yeah. And uh, I've served me all my life. And uh, uh, John Wooden is the only basketball coach I've ever seen teach the fast break. You guys don't understand what I'm talking about. I don't. About, but teach the fast break, and I learned it, and I taught the fast break mm-hmm. because just like he did. Mm-hmm. And people understand it starts with the outlet pass. You've got to teach the outlet pass. You've got to teach the guard where, where to, to get the ball, mm-hmm. where to be to get the ball. If you're below the foul line, you're never going to be able to be a good fast-break basketball team if you outlet below the foul line. Sure. And uh, we work on outlet pass more than any cut team in the world, and that's how we'll be able to run. Well,
0: the going backwards play. a little bit then, wasn't that – is that where Kevin Love got it from his dad? Was his dad an outlet passer? Dad,
1: Kevin Love – through the outlet pass, only second only to Wes Unsell, and I'll give it to him because he just passed away. But they might have been equal, taught by Stan Love, Mm -hmm. absolutely. The footwork he has, Stan called me. I'd retired, and and I was back here, and he called me, said, come to Vegas, I want you to watch my son, he's a 10th grader. So I flew to Vegas, and we sat together and watched Demon. And I said he's a little pudgy, Stan, <laughs> and he was. He was. And I said, but boy, his footwork is unbelievable, mm-hmm. and he throws the outlet pass and rebounds, and you know. And I followed him. I, you know, he was my ball boy. Every time we went to Oregon, Oregon State, uh-huh. he was my ball boy. Nice. He and his brother uh, Kellen were my ball boys. You know. But what that meant was every time out they'd run out there and shoot and of course. Yeah. You know, a D used to get mad. Coach <laughs> Coach, you can have your...
2: <laughs> can't have these guys on the court.
1: And uh uh Kevin's been kinda of like a son, but you know, I remember one time I went I again you know, I had I used to go to the Clipper game, and went to the Clipper Game and and uh you know, Rick Adelman, he was just a tremendous basketball coach. I thought he ran a clinic
0: mm-hmm. on
1: teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember Uh, They set up a three for Kevin to beat the Clippers at the buzzer. He hit a three. Two nights later, he lays 33 and 30 on the Lakers. He was. I remember Thirty-three that. and thirty. There are not too many guys in the history about that have ever done anything. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. First well, of all, that
0: Clipper game that was a that was a defensive mistake. I remember I, that game. <laughs> I totally remember that game. But and that
1: was a deep three. It was deep. It
0: yeah. And this is before he was a three-point shooter. Well, yeah, he's, too.
2: he's gone through a full transformation. I mean, the yeah. pudgy side of him was yeah. there, you know, through those first couple of years in the NBA, even, and now yeah. he's he's. Thinner oh, than I am. <laughs> good,
1: yeah. He's he's a tremendous player yes, and done yeah. very very well in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of him.
2: Very cool. I always remember uh, my 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 father played at Cal State Fullerton in the 70s um, under coach Bobby Die, uh, who you might be familiar with. You I know, would imagine yeah. real well. Yeah, <laughs> um, he would always tell me about you know the the wooden practice. He grew up in uh, in the Fullerton area, mm-hmm. um, and he always made it a point to. to I was a, a taller player when I was a kid, so the outlet pass was something that I learned at a very early age, and he would always show me tapes of Bill Walton, who uh, was another one of those guys that was able to start the fast break while he was still in the air, is what I recall. Yeah, was while he would turn it and let too. it go. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> Bill Walton, Coach Wooden taught, when the ball goes up, the hands go up. And I'd say it three hundred thousand times a year <laughs> but you can never get your guys to do of course it. not right but you watch the you watch the Memphis State game where he went twenty 21 one of twenty two yeah and every single time the ball went up the hands went up bill was a was a fundamental absolute fundamental machine mm-hmm.
0: uh continuing going on with the with the ninety five okay the championship year uh, UCLA hadn't won one in, in 20 years. years. Um, you're, you know, you're bringing, you put this, this whole squad together, um, who seems to be, uh, meshing very well. Like you said, you had veterans, you had rookies, you had length, and then you get to the tournament, right? And probably one of the biggest, most, uh, remembered UCLA moment was against Missouri second round, right? And you had just mentioned Tyus Edney. Now, mind you, I I had the, the frame Tyus Edney cover of the Los Angeles Times signed by him in my room my whole childhood until last year when I broke it, <laughs> um, but that play is one of the most iconic plays next to Christian Leitner and and yeah. next to Christian Leitner the I Valpo
2: th- shot maybe the though. Valpo
0: shot yeah. was a big one I want to know that whole play There's four point eight seconds left you need a bucket. What's, the, what's the you have pl- to go the length of the you floor. You've got to go the length. Which is, you know, that's obviously a, a big component of the What's going on in your head, way. and what what's the call? Tell me
1: about the huddle. Well, I'll tell you something. Uh, it was really the defining moment of my coaching career when Missouri scored and five guys called timeout, and they're walking from the length of the floor walking, and they got ten eyes just riveted right through me. Mm-hmm. And I look at them and go, wow, here they come, you know. In 1965, I saw Jerry West at the sports arena catch a ball at the foul line and go the length of the floor in three seconds and score against the Celtics wow. in a playoff game. So I'd come back, and they, all sports writers, they can't be done, can't be done. Sure. Before. Next day they went down there and timed it, and it could be done. I'd come back to Morningside, and I'd have my kids uh, give them four seconds and say, hey, a lot of time, have some poise. And we'd work on it all the time. Uh, when I first got to uh, UCLA, uh, we had a contract because of the holiday ball we played at Irvine. They threw the ball to the guy at Irvine at the foul line. He went the length of the floor, scores tight. He kind of underhanded up in the air at the foul line. The ball went in, we got beat. Oh, wow. So I know you could go the length of the floor. And uh, I knew we had time. We're playing the Fab Five in the second round of the NCAA tournament in... in uh, and we were up 19 and Mm -hmm. they had the Loch Ness monster Chris Weber, and they brought him back and they got up eight and we pressed him and Ty stole the ball and go in for layup to win the game but he dropped the ball as a good point guard will to Ed O'Bannon and Jimmy King knocked it out of bounds and uh, they got in overtime and beat us so when these guys were walking back to me I've processed all this you know
2: as a good coach would
1: Romar and Godfrey you gotta throw the long pass you gotta throw the (laughs) long I said settle down fellas I got it I got it so we sat down and I told Ed I said Ed I want you in the short corner junior you're in the short corner and uh, Toby you're at a wing but Cameron you take the ball out and Tyus I want you to take it the length of the floor they're not going to foul you and take it to the rim we see what we got and so I put my arm around him and I walked out and I'm standing at center court with my arm around Tyus Edney and I'm yelling, kind of raised my voice, I said, Tyus, do you have a crystal clear understanding of what I said? He says, you want me to shoot the ball. And right then, Ed O'Bannon walked by and said, get me the ball! <laughs> and Tyus looked at me and I said, Tyus, what did I say? He says, you want me to shoot the ball? I said, Absolutely. And then a great player made a great play. He came up the left sideline. They double teamed him and put the ball behind just his died. back. Yeah. And two dribbles went from half court to the, to the basket. Amazing. Put it up there, and a the guy came to block it, and he just put it out to the side and flicked it off the glass, hit the glass. The buzzer went off, and the ball went in. And it was a great play by a great guy. First guy off the bench lifting ties in the up was Bob Myers, amazing general manager (laughs) of the Golden State Warriors. I love it. And and, uh, that was a defining moment. I'm driving down the street in the summer and I'm thinking, wow, Mm -hmm. that was a great moment in my life. Mm -hmm. And thank the Lord that I've never been put in a situation that I couldn't handle. That's why he started me in junior high, made me coach at Pepperdine, Morningside for nine years. (laughs) Pepperdine for nine years, and uh, grew up and was at UCLA. So I'd never been put in a situation I couldn't handle, and I was a very experienced coach. Right, went through all these things. Uh, I, I had poise enough to know what I wanted to do, and and, and, and but a great player executed a great play.
2: Yeah, I, I will say I'll jump in and say that you know, of course, the player is the one who made the play, but. Having that system and having practiced that, I'm sure, was a big thing for, for Tice, for the player to have the confidence. I've done this before. I, I, we've, we've practiced this. I, I know I can do this. I went and then to get out there N- and go.
1: NBA practice, and the they players underneath the basket, the coach is out of bounds, the players here, and the players right at the foul line. And just flip him the ball, and he turns, and he's got six seconds to go the length of the floor. Nobody could do it. They get down there. They go too far. They kick it off their knee. They right. run banana routes. They get down there with a great play and miss the shot. But I had one guy that could do it, didn't <laughs> he? Bzzit. Well, you, are. he's like the road runner. <laughs> and the guys would say, "Let me watch him. Zip layup. Zip layup." So we did that drill once a week. Yeah. So I had that in my mind too. I didn't mention that, but I had that in my mind. I knew he could do it. Right. And
0: you yeah. also had the Player of the Year though. Like that's why Ed wanted the ball, right? Well, like you're sure, you yeah. have the Naismith Player of the Year, well, and you choose to go with him.
1: Usually, I'm I'm a coach that we don't go one on one, and we don't we don't emphasize one guy. You know, you let the cream rise to the top. Mm-hmm. I've never said this or that, or I've called plays before, but we're down eight with about eight minutes to go, and I I, I just looked at her, I said, Hey, listen. Get the ball to Ed O'Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> I never really said that. And he brought us back, boy. He brought us yeah. back. And he made two foul shots to put us up one before the situation right. happened.
2: Right, right.
1: So uh, uh, it was a magical year. And uh, a lot of things bounced our way that year. But the year before, we were number one in the country. Right. And everything went sour on us. And Who won that way? Who won that year? That year, uh, the year before was uh, Arkansas. Arkansas.
0: Corliss right. Williamson. Yeah.
1: and Cor- Corliss yeah, was on that squad. Yeah. yeah, and he was on the squad the next year right. when we played. too. Right. And they beat Jerry Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace uh-huh. in the semifinals. Oh, that's right. People don't remember that. I mean, that's a good, really North Carolina good team. Yeah. Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Absolutely. Dean Smith coaching them. So right. That was no chump change. I remember. We used to have a we used to have a banquet the the night before the. Friday night before the Saturday semifinal game and I'm sitting with Dean Smith right beside him you know we're sitting there you know and finally he elbows me and he looks over and he says they never remember who finishes second <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, that's the truth. I said thanks you had <laughs> Dean Smith uh you had Eddie Sutton oh wow and uh Nolan Richardson everybody those two had won Eddie Sutton had never won it was the first time he had been there but he won 600 games Right, he's in the Hall of Fame so he had three Hall of Fame coaches and me
0: <laughs> soon to be soon and to we be we came out That's right. uh,
1: and won the Wanted but uh, Amazing It's a special yeah.
0: team And that was a special year And that's why it's cool to hear About you guys doing the Zoom The other night Bringing up all those Fun memories Oh and, it was a great night And great a lot night. of those players Moved on to do You know I think Toby Played overseas for a while J.R. Henderson Played overseas for a while Toby played for a long
1: time J.R. retired the other day what? And just recently? Just two, three days ago. Wow. I think <laughs> That's it's 42 or yeah. something like that. <laughs> and uh, Toby played nine years, and uh-huh. uh, O'Bannon played about nine, NBA and overseas. Mm-hmm. Charles played a little bit overseas. And and so, uh, yeah, we had G- George Zedek. i tell you what, four Charlotte. years after, the fourth year after we won it, the Lithuanian national team won the European Cup. Oh, wow. And their two best players were George Zedek and Tyus Edney. Uh-huh. So Tyus has won an NCAA championship <laughs> and a European Unbelievable. championship. Unbelievable. Wow. And Amazing. So he and George. George Zedek is now the Jay Billis of FIBA. Oh, wow. He call, broadcasts all the games over there. Well, right? that
2: game has, has really exploded, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, it's always been a, a very... Popular game in the United States, but you know, overseas the game has grown exponentially.
1: Well, we we started as coaches going overseas in the '60s and '70s, mm-hmm. and and uh, teaching them the press and all the stuff. And boy, they learned well, and sure. they got some really good players over Absolutely. there. And, and I remember I was at Pepperdine one year, and we played the Russian national team, and uh, well, we packed the place. We usually get good crowds, but we standing room only. Wow. A nineteen year old guy named Arvenus Sabonis played. Wow. Scores about seventeen all, you know, and I blinked my eyes and we were down thirty. <laughs> he was one of the greatest players I've ever watched play. It was unbelievable.
0: We talk about him on our show a lot too, because all people seem to remember is Portland Arvidas. When he and, came to the NBA. And yeah. not young, like oh, sprint the floor no. Arvidas and how great he, he was. He was a
1: talent. But I went, i tell you, I had a great thing. One of my years at UCLA, I got to go to, to Zagreb, Yugoslavia, Jack Ramsey and I. And we spoke to 500 coaches in, from Europe. Oh, wow. Iceland all the way to Saudi Arabia, all there for the European Championships. Well, you go to the European Championships and Yugoslavians had uh, Kukoc, uh-huh. uh, Vladi Divac, And they had uh, the kid that passed away, Drazen 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 Petrovic, Petrovic on their team. I mean, they were had a heck of a (laughs) heck of a team. But the Russians had Shionis, Marshallonis, and Sabonis, Mm -hmm. and. What a matchup. The team from Greece won it all. Oh. Yeah. Who was
0: on that? Anybody?
1: They had a little guard. I can't, can't remember his name, but he was fantastic. <laughs> wow. And I mean, it was wild. It was just a great, great time. And, Very cool. And all of a sudden, these guys start coming to America. Sure. I remember I flew back with Drazen Petrovic on the same plane as one of those 747, where you could go up in the lounge and play. Mm-hmm. And, uh-huh. And I was sitting there and uh, with him, and we talked a long time. And- wow. He
0: was a special talent. Yeah. yeah. He, he yeah. was definitely gone too soon. Um, oh,
1: that was sad, yeah. Very.
0: Um, speaking of recruiting, I have one <clears> – <throat> I want to talk about the NBA in a minute, but one question about a guy you recruited back in the day who doesn't get enough love and yet another guy that we bring up on our show a lot, but Donnie Mack, Don, Don McLean, right? We've talked about him, uh, about his high school run, and then going to UCLA – you recruited him, correct?
1: Well, uh, I had a big camp at Pepperdine. Mm-hmm. Big camp. And uh, Simi Valley would bring 25 guys mm-hmm. every year. I mean, Bob Hawking was a great friend and brought a lot of his players. So, I, you know, I got to know Donnie Mac. Well, I'm not going to get Donnie Mack at Pepperdine. I know that. <laughs> I mean, But we were good friends. So yeah. We would tease each other. And, and I'd always speak at their camp, and they would come to my camp. So we had a great relationship. So Bobby Crimmins called me said, Jim, help me recruit Don McLean." I said, okay, I will, because I like Bobby. And so they came out here about 35 times. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was really interested in Georgia Tech. And, and Bobby's a great coach and a great recruiter. And they'd send their guys out. And I'd tell him, hey, Bobby's good. You need to think about that a lot. I didn't really recruit him. But. And then all of a sudden, I get the job. <laughs> well, things changed quite dramatically. <laughs> Sorry, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, boy, he was—he—he he came in and and uh, started the first day. It wasn't even close. The fifth game, he got forty-five. Wow, against North Texas. So we knew we had something. It was and the guys weren't going in early in the draft sure. in those days. It was just unbelievable. And then. <clears throat> Arizona had won 72 straight at home. Mm-hmm. Lou had it rolling. Yep. Rolling over there. The year I got the job, they had just come back from the Final Four with Sean Elliott yes. and Steve Kerr. And, right. And, uh, so we're, we're on the bench right before the game, you know, and, and I mean, you can't talk to your assistants right here. It's the loudest place I've ever I attended the we University of Arizona. Had, <laughs> when I was there and Lute and I we had some games that were just absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about eight and nine pros on the floor at the oh, same yeah. time. So we're sitting on the bench and the buzzers running, they're ready to go out to jump ball, and Mac Donnie Mac hits me in the chest. Bam. <laughs> Says, Get me the ball. <laughs> he didn't say it in quite the way right, I said right. it, but if you can imagine, I said, okay. He laid 37 on him, Wow, he was that good. He laid 37 on him. I always told guys, don't you tell me to get you the ball <laughs> right. if you can't produce.
2: Right, if I give you the ball, you better do something it. better somewhere. get 37. You better do something with
1: it. And uh, he laid 37 on him. We beat him over there. I mean, yeah. Great performances. I mean, he was – he was a scoring machine. We go to Washington State, they try to press us, and he lays 33 on them. And he's the all-time leading scorer in the history of the Pac-12. Oh yeah, and, still. And, and UCLA, mm-hmm. and, and the way things are now, nobody will break it because no if a guy's for it, he'll be gone. Right, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Don played 11 years in the league, and I just, I, just, I just love him because you take him on the road, and you can sit and relax. Is he gonna perform on the road? Mm-hmm. Any adverse situation, he rose to the occasion. I mean, no more better on the road than at home. But boy, sometimes guys fold on the road sure. and don't perform quite. He was equally as good. I mean, he was a tough-minded guy and uh
0: and he's smart he's just really smart when you listen to him
1: very very intelligent and he brings
0: up like he still works out a lot of
1: today's top
0: prospects
1: he uh he works for don bartolstein his agent and his agent he 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 works them all out the guys that signed for him plus probably others i mean i think he goes from eight to twelve or fifteen guys and he's probably one of the best workout guys in the country.
2: See, people don't know that, yeah. and he is like yeah. he behind the scenes. Most people know him now for the Clippers, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sideline reporting or not sideline, but yeah. pregame, he's post-game worked his
1: way into Fox Sports, yeah. and and he's a terrific, terrific announcer he because is. he's so knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he knows the game absolutely, knows it well, and he's a very, very bright guy.
2: Yeah.
1: I love him, just absolutely love him. I,
2: I, so growing, growing up where I did in, in you know, Simi Valley area, a very similar area. I, we played Simi Valley tournaments every every season, and every year I would be like, "Who's that McLean guy?" <laughs> and then I had my my father was able to, to give me the the rundown on how amazing he was as a player. Yeah, he was really, really good. Yeah. Really good.
0: You know, talking about recruit <clears throat> recruiting in today's game in today's nba with everything that's going on in the nba and g league you see do you see the direction of like i mean obviously four-year athletes aren't staying four years anymore it's pretty much one and done and now there's this whole new thing with the g league players can get paid in college now where do you see the trend of of like collegiate basketball going from here on out with all these new opportunities for these young guys
1: I've always said since we won it, and <clears throat> Kentucky won it the next year, they had about seven pros. Mm-hmm. Since then, it's become a JV tournament. Quite frankly, um, but just not the players in it that, that were when you know. There's no McLean, and there was no Ed Jamal Mashburns, and uh, no Ed O'Bannon, mm. and and uh, Edney, and those kind of guys. Right. And Kentucky had some guys, and sure. and uh, uh, Mark Pope, the Coach of BYU was on that Kentucky team. We uh-huh. played them in the in the Wooden Classic at Anaheim and uh that that year in the 95 year and and uh JR Henderson made two foul shots with 0. 0.6 seconds to go to win the game for us and and uh and Pope was on that team, the BYU coach so we kind of have fun with That's that. That's fun. But, and then the former coach Dave Rose was a, a he was on the Fab 5. Uh not, he was on the uh, Elijah Warren. Uh, oh, the Faislamma-Jamma. jamma yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. team with uh, Clyde. Clyde Blyde mm-hmm. Clyde and uh, those guys. And mm-hmm. Rose was a guard, a starting guard on that team. They came to Pepperdine and played us and they were coming back from Hawaii, and I always say when you do that, you you get Hawaii eyes. Right. And they have been course. over there a while, you know. They come back; they wanted to get home. They were no interest in the game, and we missed a fifteen-foot foul line jump shot to win the game. and got beat by wow. one. Dang. Oh wow! But it was uh, amazing. I had my guy. One of my guys fouled out early, and uh, <clears throat> that really hurt about three minutes ago, and that really hurt us. But uh, it was a great game, and I saw a lot of we. <clears throat> We uh, hosted a game at the Final Four uh, celebrities, and I was one coach, and Lou Lou Olson was the other, and my assistant was Shaq. Wow! And his assistant was Elijah (laughs) Wan. (laughs) Amazing. So I talked to Akeem, and he we laughed about that. He's a great guy.
2: Well, I mean, something that I think you brought up though (laughs) is like in in the idea, I suppose, moving forward for basketball players that are like Elijah Wan and are like Shaq, and those two guys are very unique and. We probably don't see those guys again. But anyone that's on that level now, coming out of high school, it doesn't have the same experience. I mean, Elijah Juan and Shaq both went for multiple years. at, at Shaq, at college. two and yeah.
1: Elijah Juan, four. Right, exactly. And so you'll not see that again.
2: And I think a question, are you – I know that the, the game itself is going to be a little bit downgraded, that JV kind of idea in comparison always to the NBA when you have the top athletes that are just constantly moving there. But do you think that this might actually be beneficial for collegiate sports so that we actually do get a couple more of these guys that actually need two, three, four years to blossom and become like those powerhouse seniors again?
1: But you can't tell them they need to work. They won't understand that, you know. Uh, uh, For example, there's 60 spots in the draft and there's about 132 guys or more that have signed up for the draft. Exactly now, I don't know what they're thinking or who's advising them, but sure. you know we have an advisory committee, and, and you know i'm I'm tied into one of those one of our guys at northridge uh one you know went in the draft and mm-hmm. and all the all the uh general managers voted and he got a thing back uh you should stay in school mm-hmm. and uh but uh He's still got a chance to stay in school, but boy, it's hard, they don't want to go to class, they don't, and and now with, with they've started this, I don't know what it is, that they're going to practice at the Mamba Academy, mm-hmm. those three kids, Green from Fresno, and Nick's a kid from Vegas who was going to UCLA, and they're making little money, but they don't play any, don't, they don't know who We're to play, they don't geeks. have any games right. to play, they don't have any teams to right. play. Oh, they're going to scrimmage foreign teams that come over. I mean, what What does that that do for you? I mean, I don't have any, and they'll pay you, you know. But you know, when you got an when you got an agent, and you got you know taxes to pay and everything. I mean, to miss out on the college experience Mm -hmm. is unbelievable. Now, if they change it to to you don't even have to go to college, which I think they'll do eventually, right? uh, Then then we got to change it to the point where if you don't get drafted, you can come back to college. Right, now, let us try. A, that's the, probably the worst rule we have. Sure. Uh, that, uh, you know, if you don't get drafted where you want to get you have drafted, to go. Right, you, yeah. you, you come back.
2: Right, and, I agree. Uh, yeah.
1: like, and then, you know, Remember Kenyon Martin, his son played out at Sierra Canyon. Yes. He not even going to college; he's going overseas IMG. and
2: play. He was at yeah. IMG. He like he was going to go to Vanderbilt, I think, with Scotty's kid. Yeah, right? he they were was. both going to go he, together.
1: They were going to go together. Yeah. with Pippin's kid, and so he decided to go overseas, I think, and play a year and work for the draft. So. What do you think
0: about that, though? I mean, getting some pro experience, playing against older guys, I think it's
2: better than than the option of going to play at Mamba, but like going to play in the Australian League or something like that.
1: You cannot measure the value of going to college mm-hmm. academically, athletically, socially. It's just an awesome, awesome experience. The best experience you've ever had in your life. Yep. What they're doing is a job. Right. They're just ready to go to work and make money, which is okay. Uh, you know, if that's what you want, if you get drafted, if you get sure. to, if you get what you want. But uh, the ability to go to college is just spectacular. College is spectacular for young people to grow and mature and develop and and
0: uh like i'm pretty sure zion could have gone straight from high school to the pros but he wanted he he really enjoyed his college experience and he almost wanted to yeah if the money wasn't so much that you turned down he wanted to go back and play he he did more for
1: college Mm -hmm. in his one year than any guy i've ever seen why do you say that because he was so enthusiastic and wanted to be there positive and Mm -hmm. wanted to be there wanted to play college basketball and he's such a Focal point, everybody watched him. And, of course. And uh, he did a lot for college, a yeah. lot for college. Yeah.
2: I think something that that might happen, I mean, as we see more and more of these players that throw their name in the hat for the draft, I think what you said is being able to come back after you, you were not drafted where you want to be is definitely something they should enforce.
1: I always tell the joke at the banquet that says, the player thinks he's Michael Jordan, but the parents think he's better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> of course. So of course they do. But I, I remember, you know, it wasn't too long ago where the draft was eight rounds, seven rounds, ten rounds.
1: Ten rounds when yeah. I was at Pepperdine. Yeah. I had 15 guys drafted at Pepperdine. Wow. wow. In one <laughs> seat, one year? No, 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 no. Over the Over course nine of nine oh, year. Oh, yeah. But there was ten rounds. Right. right. You have to understand it. You know, a lot of guys get drafted. I think the highest guy I had was fifth. But wow, then we good. had – I recruited Doug Christie and then left yeah. that spring and got the UCLA job when he came. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a high-round draft choice. But the highest round I had was fifth. But I had a Who lot of six. Uh, Grant Gonderzak.
0: Don't know him.
1: It was, oh, the whole line of Gonderzaks. One went to Utah. One went to Vegas. Mm. Thirteen kids in a family wow. out of Boulder, Colorado. And terrific, terrific basketball players. All of them. Awesome. All of them were really good. Yeah, And uh, – uh, you know, I had Eric White and Levy Middlebrooks and Anthony Fredericks and a lot of Dwayne Lee. You remember Dwayne from Manual Arts High School. He was a legend in Los Angeles. So, I had a lot of guys that they got drafted.
0: If you could pick five players to be on your all Los Angeles high school team, who would they be?
1: That's a tough one. I'll I know. I, I think this is going to be fun, though. <laughs> well, I, You've I seen would, them all. I would pick Raymond Lewis. John Williams.
0: Hot plate. Hot plate Williams.
1: Hot hot plate Williams (laughs) when high school was Fairfax, correct? No, no. I thought he went to Fairfax. Westchester?
0: No. While you're thinking about it, I'll tell them why they call him Hot Plate because when he got to the NBA. Well, of course, he was a Clipper. We got him, and the guy could score. The guy could put Which up. The, he ate himself. He out of, ate himself he out, ate out of the out league. Of the league. He, <laughs> he was a Clipper when he was a Clipper. He was a, you know when what was his sixth? Six. They
1: tried food giant first, and then they settled on hot, hot plate. Hot plate is a lot better than food giant.
0: <laughs> hot plate's a great one. Uh, so we
1: we'll, so we
0: got Raymond Lewis. We got hot plate
1: Williams. Marcus Johnson. Marcus oh, Johnson,
0: yeah. good pick. Where would he go?
1: He went to Crenshaw, <clears throat> and. Uh, Boy, I'm gonna to have to go back into my resources and I'm gonna to have to think about Would Leon that. would Leon not
0: be on one of your squads? Who? Would Leon Wood not be on your starting I five? Think
1: Leon Wood might be. He'd be really, really, really close. Lambeer's up there. Oh yeah. Uh boy, I had Baron, David Greenwood. Uh-huh. Uh played fifteen years in the league. Uh Barron is a really, really, really good player. Uh there's a debate that we had Kiki Vandeweghe played yeah. 15 oh. years in the league Kiki Cody. could score one of the all-time leading scores in the NBA. Yeah. So I'd have to I'd have to That's sit down and That's think. A lot about I put names. you on the I put you on the on the, on the, on the hot mic right See, now. now. I go seat. back I go back to 60, 60 mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jefferson High School had these great 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 players and and uh uh the city of L.A. was just loaded in those days with players. They go everywhere and, and play. They go way. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Gail Goodrich wouldn't be a bad one, would he? Gail Goodrich, mm. and, that's uh, fantastic. Uh, would be certainly a good one. Absolutely. Uh, Walton was from San Diego, wow. and he's one of the top five players I've ever seen.
0: Could we? Would uh, we I put just, Casey in there? Casey's not really L.A. I guess you could consider him. He's L.A. adjacent, right? Casey Jacobson.
1: Casey Jacobs and he went to Glendora High mm-hmm. School. Yeah, he, he was, was supposed with... to go to
0: my high school. He was supposed yeah, to go to me and yeah. Matt's high school, but that think, didn't happen.
1: I don't think Casey would make the top five. Okay, good. Yeah, I, was was saying, that's a, that's I know a, I'm just throwing uh, a, him out there. That's a big jump. That's a big, list. <laughs> that's a big jump. I'd have to I'd have to think about it. Well then you the get days.
0: back to me on that we'll put it on we'll put it back on the pot. I but want you to think about it.
2: it. I was gonna say this 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 conversation kind of leads us back to your coaching career for me. And another player that I always – I mean, this is my first introduction to you as, as a young man. He's younger than I am, Coach. Was, was watching you coach at Rhode Island. And this young man, Lamar Odom, is a, is a player that I always remember being – that was the first time I watched him play was at Rhode Island. And it just – he was a guy that just jumped off the, the screen to me. Uh, would Lamar perhaps be uh, Lamar, up there?
1: Lamar Odom's the greatest player I've ever coached. Uh, first time I watched him play, you know, I had a great relationship. I was at UCLA and had a great relationship with him, and then went to Rhode Island. and uh, I hired his high school coach, unbeknown that I was ever going to get him. I oh, mean, he no He had signed. He had committed in 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 uh, in November to to UNLV. Right. And then I didn't get the job till May. And then in June, I hired uh, Jerry D. Gregorio, who was a terrific, you know, high school coach and a great AAU guy. I knew all the players around. Me. Totally. So I knew that he, I need a guy from that area. Local, right? Yeah. So local I hired guy. him. We became great friends. He was one of my great friends today. And then Mark Jackson hired. Him. He was Mark Jackson's yes. a, uh, workout guy at the Golden State Warriors. So I hired him, you know. And and then uh, in August. Uh, UNLV released Lamar because they got a letter from the NCAA and they'd just been through 10 years of heartbreak and everything. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to deal with it. So he, August 1st, he had nowhere to go. So he called us and, uh, you know, Lamar is a great, great young guy. Uh, His mother died at 12. His dad was on stuff and Mm -hmm. he really never had a place to, no one to lay him in bed, give him a kiss at night. Here's a, here's dinner. Here's where you're going to study. Nothing tough. And and again, he got 30 in the Catholic championship game as a 10th grader in Madison Square Garden. Wow. So he became <laughs> a, a guy that everybody grabbed onto. Sure. Every grade grabbed onto, and you know he 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 was true. First time I watched him practice for us. It's like Raymond Lewis. I went, wow. <laughs>
2: well, because the guy at his he size, was a, they weren't
1: doing that stuff. He was a size. genius. Yeah. He always figured out the play ahead Wow. and knew what it was. I mean, he was, he was unbelievable. Uh, first game we played, you know, he went. First game we played was a lockout year. So we had 59 scouts, oh general God. managers, scouts at the game. It was a doubleheader at the Providence Civic Center between Vanderbilt and TCU, Billy, uh, 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 Billy Tubbs. Oh, there you go. Billy Tubbs was a coach at TCU, and uh, Vanderbilt had Jan Van Bredeckoff and uh, Providence and us. So we played TCU one night and Vanderbilt the next night. Well, against TCU, score was tied, and Lamar got it, drove down the middle, and laid it in, you know, and uh, he got, I think, 29 14 and 11. Whew. And that is first so game. That... So I looked at Jerry. <laughs> nice I had Jerry D. Gregorio and Larry Farmer on my staff. I looked at those guys I said, he's gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's not going to stick around <laughs> and for He was drafted fourth. And, uh, right. He,
1: uh, he, was, uh, he was good. Well, well, I
0: always said, I say it on the show all the time, though. I think Lamar could have, like, could have been the best player in the NBA if he wanted to be.
1: Well, you say wanted to be, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you this: when he played with Dwayne Wade in Miami, yeah. and they played him at the middle, he was one of the greatest rebounders in NBA. Mm-hmm. And he was, and he made 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 they on All-Star team. Yeah. He comes to the Lakers, and they've got Paul Gasol, and so he he sacrificed his game and played outside, which he wasn't a great outside mm-hmm. player right. at all, at all. Right, got better as he went. He did, yeah, but he could he could distribute, he could pass. You know, we had this little guard named Tyson Wheeler who was really good. He Tyson Wheeler and Catino Mobley were my guards. Nice, not a bad and team. It was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, they asked they asked Tyson. He says, "Tell me about Lamar Odom. What can he do?" And Tyson said, "He can do everything I can do, and he's six ten and a quarter." <laughs> <laughs> kind of not fair. Kind of kind of described yeah. him, but. Uh, Boy's a terrific player. And uh, I I saw him the other day, a couple months ago, and he's got his life together, living yes, in Atlanta, yeah. doing really, really well, working out every day, good. and looks good, and, and uh, There's doing sto- well.
0: There's stories of, like, historic stories of, the legendary AAU squad they had—it was Lamar and Elton Brand and Ron Artest. Uh, yeah, that was insane, right? We, yeah, we, we've, we've had. I we've was had
1: at I was at UCLA, and they played down there in Anaheim at that place when. And Gary Charles was our coach, and and I was a friend of his. So I'd tell, he'd get him in a van and bring him up, and they'd spend a couple hours showing him video and walk him around. Yeah, yeah. But I would always walk with my arm around Lamar. <laughs> <K-2> I did that two years in a row, and so, so Lamar and I were really partners. And and uh, and but he never he never got his test score, so he had to sit out his first year. Mm-hmm. Now we come within a whistle's call, and the official still got the whistle lodged in his throat. <laughs> of going taking that Rhode Island team to the final four. I remember. But Lamar's on the bench. Can you imagine if he was playing? He fouled out? No, he, he was in he, Elgin. He oh, he couldn't play. He couldn't he couldn't play. play. Okay. Yeah. And uh wow. and uh Coutinho Mobley thought he was the best player in the country and showed it every night. I mean, he was, he was unbelievable, he was so good. unbelievable he how good him. he was in college. Yeah.
0: He's still he was, getting buckets though. Like well, he's yeah. getting buckets right now. I
1: took him out to the Three sixty Sports Center up in the valley where you know where mm-hmm. McLean works all his guys out. Yeah, and he said, "I want you to work me out." I said, "Okay." I went up there and working him out. You know, so we started shooting threes, and I think I had I had Rashu Butler on one side and Katino on the other, and they both made twenty four straight threes. Wow! I mean, straight. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, they and Catino was forty years old. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
0: Some things you never lose, I guess. It's like riding you know? a bike, they say. Yeah. Except for when we tried to play today on I mean, our, our hey, buddy's court. I, I didn't hit twenty four in a row, but I hit
1: like three. I hit, I hit a couple. I'm in Northridge, in and he lives in Calabasas, and he ride his bike mm-hmm. and come watch us practice.
0: Just get that cardio all the time. in.
1: He does it all the time. Wow, Catino! Now that's a, that is that's I talked to him. That's not short day. distance. Oh, is, about that's... four or five miles. He's all right.
0: <laughs> you know, Coach. Again, we could do this for for four more hours, and hopefully, we can do this again. But there's Two last questions I have for you. Since the NBA season is is going to start again July 31st for whatever, however we're going to do this. We, it's going to be an empty gym. They're going to have fake sounds. All these teams are going to be there. Uh, first of all, what do you think about this whole format that we have going? And I know that you have Clipper ties. So I'm wondering if you think the Clippers have a, a, Are the, we going to win it this year? year? Is this what's going to happen?
1: You know what, my wife and I got season tickets to the Clippers, not really because we were Clipper fans, but I, I, oh, I Coach, knew some come guys. On. I had them right there on the 15th row right behind. Them. It was really great Amazing. seats, and we had them for about five years. More importantly, I just love to watch great players play. Yeah, And, you know, you saw the freak come in, and then Steph Curry and Klay come in, and, and then Duncan and those guys, yeah. Ginobili, and – I mean, good gracious! Every night there's somebody you know, Damian Lillard. Yeah, somebody's there watch, to beat the Clippers. So you're yeah. saying you didn't that go to watch the Clippers, well, Coach? That's what well, you're saying. Don't, don't interrupt me now. <laughs> okay, I became a fan. I became a fan of sure. Doc, of Doc's, and and uh, and uh, I just like it. Mike Woodson. And I are really good friends, mm-hmm. and and uh, I got to know. And of course, Jerry Jerry West and I grew up together. I've known Jerry since the seventh grade. Did not wow. know that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> we were in the same hometown, same league, same same yeah. city. Uh, I was in the city. He was kind of in a, out in the suburbs. And we played each other in junior high and high school. And Amazing. I've known him. And we played on the same summer league team uh, in the summer. as out outdoors, a business with a draft and everything. So... So when Jerry came to them, I knew that you know that was it, and and I recruited Lou Williams. He would have come to Georgia if I hadn't retired oh, wow. and come home. So I love Lou. He might be my favorite player. Lou, this, really is a Lou, this is a Lou Williams shirt, yeah, by the I way. I love Lou Williams. <laughs> so do I. And uh, and uh, but I became a fan. I did become a fan, and and uh, uh, secretly I hope they they can pull it off. On secretly, one I'll take it. I'll take <laughs>
2: well, it. I have a question because something's bothered me. Well, not necessarily bothered me. I've always been curious about this since you brought up Jerry West. There's a nickname that he has that's called, <laughs> his nickname is Zeke from Cabin Creek. Are you from, have you heard anybody call him that? Is that what, do you know the,
1: the, the story know, behind that? I know everything. <laughs> Can you explain that a little bit? He played at a place called East Bank High School which is in Cabin Creek, West Virginia. Aha, there we go. Which is about 15 miles. I mean, nothing's nothing is long back there. Sure. But it's outside the city limits of Charleston. But we had a county called Kanawha County. We had 16 teams in, the high, in, in, in this league. It was really a really good league. I mm-hmm. mean, we'd send That's a lot five of teams. and six and seven guys to Division One every year out yeah. this, of this league. It was, it was really good then. And... uh Uh, We played him 7th grade to 12th grade. He never beat us. Wow. My senior year was 64, 62, our first game at our place, and we beat him. And then in in February, we had to go back up there. Now, Jerry was a skinny little guy. I mean, he's a number two pencil. And so he was good, but he couldn't couldn't dominate you. And then then he broke his leg. So, you know, he was out a while. And then he comes back, and he's skinny, and, and we beat him first game. By the end of the year, he laid forty-six on me, and they, he was untouchable, Coach. Oh, wow! And they went on and won the state championship. He was just absolutely blossomed. Got you know, got to the point where mid-year of his senior year, he was just, he was so much better than everybody else. It was just unbelievable. Wow! And we've been great friends, uh, uh, a junior high and high school player friend of mine who we were on the same junior high and high school team. Uh, Went to West Virginia, played for Fred Schaus. Mm -hmm. Fred Schaus became the coach of the Lakers, and this Bobby Joe Smith came to play with him. Well, Bobby Bobby and I played all through junior high and high school together. So I used to go down and hang out. And my wife and Jerry's wife went to West Virginia University in the same dorm together. Oh, wow. Their freshman year. So I'd go down, we'd hang out with them a little bit, have a meal with them. So we were. I've been friends. We've been friends for a long,
0: long, time. That's pretty awesome. Drew's been searching for that Wait, answer. Thank you for clarifying. We've been I was <laughs> so confused. And where they where
1: came they... up with Zeke, they just brought just that out in. of clear air. Just a country. Because it rhymed with Creek. Yeah. Something to
2: rhyme with Creek, yeah. right, yeah.
1: He <laughs> hated I think he hated <laughs> that
0: name. He likes the logo way better. Yeah. That would be a much better nickname. <laughs> Mr. Clutch. Yeah. Uh, Coach, this has been absolutely awesome. It's been, honestly, an honor to be in the yeah, house yeah. and to talk ba- – I could talk basketball with you Forever, like you were, I can't. I don't even remember what I ate this morning for breakfast, and you can remember a jump yeah, shot every, from it's, from nineteen seventy. Crystal clear, unbelievable. It's, yeah, it's hard to believe. Um I really hope we get to do this again. Uh, this has been awesome. We appreciate your time, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Hope the golf game gets a little better for you. I know you've been in a slump. Can't be in a worse slump than me and Drew right now, though. No. Um, it's been great. Man, yeah, thank, thank, you thank you for so being on the time.
1: show. Really appreciate it. I went, just got back from Bandon Dunes, fellas. Where, I was there. Ooh, where's that? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, up in Oregon. Oh, Bandon oh Dunes. My you never heard of Bandon Dunes? You're I, not a golfer. <laughs> I'm
0: not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I play That's a little right. bit more than he does. Yeah, fabulous. Side, so I can't grip a pole anymore. My, my, my yeah. fingers done, so yeah. I can't grip a club. <laughs> Anyways,
1: <laughs> anytime, fellas. Thank, anytime thank you, sir. Anytime. We could talk all day. I got more stories than you can handle. Yes,
0: but so. well, we would like that, that again. Would be we amazing. we yeah. appreciate your time, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Wow, that was amazing. You know, five hours couldn't fit the amount of stories this man just told us. We cannot wait to have Coach Eric back on the show. We hope you guys enjoyed. And we're coming right back at you this week. We'll be dropping on Thursday. It's the follow through with clips. And Drew, Drew, we go.